Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Well, we are on week two of our series called My Bad Church Experience. And it's a series on the church. And here's what I want to say, that if you are deciding to follow Jesus, and if you are someone who says, yes, I want to, uh, I recognize who Jesus is, I want to follow him in my whole life, then sooner or later, you are going to have to deal with the church. And the church has some complexities. The church has some faults and some failures. And so this series is about looking at the church that Jesus Christ intended so we can work out, we can discern where we want to go, what God has called us to do, rather than living in confusion and uh, not knowing what is right, what is good. And that is where we are going. And so last week, I shared one of my bad church experiences. And later in this message, I'm going to share one of my good church experiences. In fact, it is the reason why I am standing here leading a church, because I love the church. I love this church. I love the people of this church. I am, over time, I have become one of those people who are, sometimes I think slightly weird, sometimes slightly annoying, who really love what they get to do. And so I wake up every day and I'm excited that I get to be part of this church, a church that is reaching the city, that is seeing lives transformed, and I love it. But how did I get from this time, the story I shared when I was uh, nine years old and church was something to be endured, not enjoyed? How did I get from there to someone who is loving church, who is loving people and loving what God is doing? And so today is a message for anyone who maybe you've had a bad church experience and you want to make a transition. You want to move from this bad church experience into the church that Jesus intended, a church that is not just good, but is that but is beautiful. And the church that Jesus intended is not just good, it's beautiful. Beautiful things capture our imagination. Here's a question for you. Does the idea of church capture your imagination? And what kind of church would capture your imagination? For me, what captures my imagination is the stories of people and lives transformed. That idea of church, that captures my imagination. It's people being set free from things, people overcoming their past, people overcoming things that have happened, people uh, overcoming choices and bad decisions they've made or even be a victim to, to things that other people have made for them. And so this is where we're going. The idea of a beautiful church a place of restoration, a place of transformation. 
I love that church is organized. I love that church functions well. I, I love that we have air conditioning and we have a good experience. But for me as a pastor, I don't just want to come to just a good church. I want to come to a place where things that are, are happening in people's lives, we move from transaction into transformation. And this is the church that Jesus intended. So this message is for someone who has at times maybe been burnt out, been disillusioned, had a bad experience, been damaged. And here this message is a message for people who want to make that transition and go into the church that Jesus intended. So today I'm going to share the secret of beautiful church. And to do that, we're going to look at the story in Acts chapter 2 of the launch of the church that we are a part of 2,000 years later. Something happened in Jerusalem that we share in that right now I believe 2.4 billion people in the world would call themselves Christians. Something happened on that day, that launch day, all those years ago. Here's a question. If you were to launch the, uh, the church, how would you do it? If your idea, if you were the, the, uh, the marketing director for church, all right, my background is, is marketing, sales and marketing. I studied business at university. And so that's my background. But if you were to do it, how would you do it? Would you be like Steve Jobs launching the iPhone in a turtleneck with a big screen? And would you just have like epic statements like this changes everything? Or would you hire a whole bunch of influencers and go to a health and wellness retreat and get your social media? Or would you do like a global advertising campaign? How would you launch the church? Here's how it was launched. And we read it in Acts chapter 2. And it'll be up on the screen or you can read along. It says, on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost was an agricultural feast also called the Festival of Weeks or the Feast of the Harvest, where Jews would gather in Jerusalem from all around different countries and nations to celebrate. So on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. This is a group of people who had seen Jesus ascend to heaven. And he said, hey, wait for something to happen and so they did that, and here they were, all, the, all together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? These people are all from Galilee. Now, Galilee was not the thriving metropolis. Galilee was a little bit country, a little bit backwater. And yet we hear them speaking in their own native languages. Here we are. The Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, the prophet of Asia, 
Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans, okay, Cretans were, had a reputation for being liars. And Arabs, if you don't know this, Arabs, Arabs and Jews do not get along well most of the time. And we all hear these speak, people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. What a beautiful picture. Here's what happens. The power of God comes down and then God chooses to connect with people personally and describe himself in that person's own language. This is a beautiful picture. This is how the church started. Something happened and it exploded. It flowed out and the result was something very personal something very special, something very unusual, and it was beautiful. And they stood amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other, but the others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they are just drunk, that's all. And I want to begin to unpack this idea with this scripture, the first part of verse 4, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened for me? What was the transition moment for me to get to that nine-year-old who thought that church was to be endured, not enjoyed, into this person of an undisclosed age, which is over 40, (laughs) that loves God and loves people and is just thrilled to be a part of what God was doing? It happened when I was 15. Now, when I was 15, I would say... I was probably, like most 15-year-olds, pretty self-absorbed. I loved basketball. And uh, in particular around that time, that was 1995, I loved the Chicago Bulls. Any other Bulls fans back? Michael Jordan was a player. If you know a bit about basketball, you, you will certainly encounter Michael Jordan. And so I used to love basketball at that time. Uh, I was living in Thailand with my parents and my brother and sister, were in Australia, and so as a 15-year-old, I used to travel around Bangkok by myself, jump in a cab, go and visit some friends. I had a pretty good life. I would think that I probably wouldn't let my kids do what I did um, in terms of just like hanging around. And I, you know, I was I was a pretty, I had fun. I was a pretty normal kid, and um, I remember one time that my parents were in a prayer meeting. And uh, it was in a high-rise in an apartment in Bangkok. And there was a a red rug. And I was the only teenager there. And they began to pray. And then after everyone had been prayed for, someone prayed for me. And I had never experienced anything like it. And the power of God came on me and I, I fell to the ground, which is pretty unusual. It wasn't like I was copying anything. It was just something that happened. The presence of God overwhelmed me. What happened for me is I was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happened. That's what changed in my life. Like what happened in Acts, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened as a result of that? Something changed from the inside out. From that moment, my parents didn't have to make me go to church They didn't have to make me read the Bible. They didn't have to make me pray because something happened from the inside. 
Christianity, when it is external points and when it is sheer obligation, sheer commitment, it's dry, it's lifeless, it's a series of rules. But when the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to fill you from the inside out, that's where life is. That's where joy is. That's where peace is. That's where energy is. You know, the Holy Spirit, when he is mentioned in the Bible beginning and to end, he is a source of life and energy. In Genesis, here's the picture that we see. He is the creative force. He hovers over the water. He forms the earth. He, he creates. We see this. We see this there. When the angel appears to Mary, the angel says, you're going to have a child and that child is going to be God. Mary says, how is this going to happen? The angel says, it's the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and produce this life. Beginning of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, I'm going to heaven But I want you to wait and I want you to form the church and the church is going to go all around the world. And we're a product of that 14,000 kilometers away from Jerusalem, pretty much the end of the earth. How is it happening? Jesus says the power of the Holy Spirit, the creative power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what happens when the Holy Spirit fills you from the inside out. He is a source of life. He is a source of creativity. He is a source of energy. Otherwise, you've just got these heavy burdens that you're adding to every other pressure that you have in your life. And so what changed in me is I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you encountered that type of life which springs up from within you? Maybe you have. Maybe that was a while ago. Maybe that's something that you've never had that experience where Christianity and the life of Jesus, it begins to flow out. You don't have to keep forcing. You don't have to keep, it's not just, I believe in discipline, but a life that is just purely disciplined without passion, without the life and energy, the spirit. It's dry and it's stale. And so here it is, the secret of beautiful church. The secret of beautiful church is this. We are filled up to flow out. We are filled up to flow out. I want to show you something. I've got some props here. Okay. So I'm actually going to need need a helper. That's fine. You can stay there. So what I want you to do, uh, Twinkie, is I just want you to pour some water in here. Yeah? Here we go. This is what happens, life. Who knows that life is draining? This is life. No matter how, what you do, there is going to be a drain in your life, Right? You are going to be leaking. The other thing that happens in your life is you get the opportunity to do something. You get the opportunity to pour out into others. You get the opportunity. And so there are two different types of flows. One is the 
the flow or the pouring out that you get to invest into others. The other is the leaks of life. Now, some of you have got some things that are draining you right now. You've got some things that are heavy burdens. You've got some things on your mind. You've got some things in your emotions. You've got some physical things. And those things, what do they do? They're leaks. So there's two types of flows to be poured out and also to leak out. And here's what we can do, particularly in church, but definitely in all of our life, is we can pour out into others and we can see the leaks that happened But if we continue to pour out, pour out, pour out, but are never filled up, what happens? We become dry. We become empty. What happens when you become empty? I know what happens to me. I become snappy. I'm not fun to be around. I stop laughing and joking. What happens? How do you know? Maybe your words change. Maybe you get a bit frustrated. There are some other ways that we know. The other things that I know, uh, when I'm empty, when I'm run down, I start looking for junk food. Who does that? Start having bad habits. I'm talking hypothetically, all right? Other people. (laughs) And the process that God has placed for the thriving of ourselves and for the church is this. Twinkie, can you help me again? Is that we're filled up to be poured out, to be filled up, to be poured out, to be filled up, to be poured out, to be filled up, to be poured out. What happens when we pour out? We skip a filling. We skip a filling. We skip a filling. We don't notice it straight away. And eventually, we're running on empty. When we're running on empty, thank you, Twinkie, we don't show up in the way that we should. We begin to resent pouring out because we're not pouring out out of an overflow. We're pouring out of resources and energy that we don't have. And I'll bet that if we took the time, which we won't, to go around person by person and say, hey, tell me about a time when you were pouring out or tell me about a time when life was a drain and a strain and a leak and you just felt like you had nothing to give. That may even be you right now. But here's what I want to say is that God's plan for us as individuals and plan for us as the church is that we're filled up to flow out. Say that with me. Filled up to flow out. And so one of the massive main things that we've got to do is learn how to stay filled. And the best way to do it is not go really hard, crash, have an extended time of recovery, and then hopefully at one stage in life resurface. Okay, That's not God's ideal. That's not God's plan. It's not even the pattern of Jesus. The idea 
is that we live in a rhythm of being filled and flowing out. Some people say, well, because I'm, I can't be filled, I need to limit what I give to others. That is true in, in some respects, but God hasn't called us to live a life just for ourselves. Sometimes we can just protect ourselves because we've given too much without having that inflow in the past. Yes, there's wisdom. But the idea, the key idea is that we have a rhythm where we are filled up and flow out. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus used to withdraw by himself to pray. Why? Because he needed to be filled up. If Jesus needed to do it, what do we need to do? How can we be filled up so that we can flow out? A couple of weeks ago, I was, uh, had a, a conversation with uh, a, a very prominent leader uh, in church, uh, has been involved in leadership in one of the largest churches in the world. And he was telling me about a story. He was at a Christian conference in Madison Square Garden. That's in New York, uh, one of the most prominent, well-known venues in the world. And he was there on the front row. And he was just worshipping. He said the worship was incredible. There was this incredible moment. And then someone walking past him bumped him. And he got really frustrated. He got really annoyed and the Holy Spirit whispered into his voice and said, that wouldn't have been a problem if you came here filled. Ouch. Why did the Holy Spirit say that? Because as someone in that should know that we can't sustain what we do unless we're filled up. We have to be filled with the Spirit, if we want to represent Jesus, if we want to bring life, if we want to do something that is not forced but flows freely from us, that is enjoyable, that is life-filled, and to access the creative power and the life of the Spirit. Now, when I was 15, I had this experience, but... It wasn't like an inoculation. It wasn't something that was like once off, that I was filled with the Spirit. Since then, have I had difficult experiences in life and in church? Yes. Have I at, at times been all of the things that people talk about? Disillusioned, cynical, burnt out a little bit? Yes. Why am I here? Because I chose to be filled. I chose to say, hey, God... I'm run down. What am I going to do about it? Am I going to walk away? And am I going to be angry? Am I going to say, okay, well, I've got to protect myself. I've got to be fearful. No, I chose to be filled and filled and filled. We are filled up to flow out. So here's what I want to say. As a church... This process of, and as individuals, as a process of filling up to flow out, it takes us into a place, and this is the place that God has intended for every believer, guarantee it, 100%, is that you live and give from an overflow. 
You live and give from an overflow, but you cannot do that just by saying, yes, I agree with that theory. You have to do that by learning how to be filled and to stay full of the Spirit. Verse number 12, and the things that stop us, some people were amazed, some people were perplexed, and some people ridiculed them. What stops us from having this type of experience, which is definitely supernatural, which is definitely beyond logic, this type of overflow, this is what happened, they were filled with the Spirit that began to spill out and overflow. Sometimes we feel when we read these stories in Acts, we feel like we have to copy the outcome. For example, what if I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. In two months from now, we're going to have a prayer meeting. All right, there's going to be 120 of us. There was about 120 of them. Then we're going to uh, invite a whole different people from different nations. All right, so we're going to pray. We're going to pray for approximately nine days, which is what they prayed for. At the end of the nine days, we're going to speak in tongues to all these people from different nations. And, and God is going to, going to change, translate our words to them. Okay, that is a lot of pressure. That's not how the Spirit of God works. Sometimes we feel pressure to copy the outcome. And to say, I've, I've got to, it's got to look like what it does. And, and God calls us to say, no, copy the filling. Copy the process of being filling, filled. Otherwise, we become a cover band. Who knows what a cover band is? It's a band. Usually they play in pubs and clubs. And they just they copy other people's hits. God hasn't called me, you, this church to be a cover band. He's called us to be an original, and it doesn't work when we copy. I'll give you a, a story. Some of you may know uh, someone called Reggie. He was uh, one of the first people in our church, and uh, so he was here for a couple of years. He lives about an hour and 20 minutes away, and he used to travel uh, each week here. And uh, about a year ago, we released him to find a, a great local church uh, for him and his family. But I met Reggie just on a park bench in Ashgrove. I was there for an appointment. I just was walking around praying. I saw this guy, said hello to him. Turns out it was, he was suicidal. It was one of the darkest times in his life. And the Holy Spirit touched him and changed his life, restored him, restored his finances. He was in a bad position from a divorce, restored his relationship uh, with his kids and, and just began to give him employment. Just a real amazing story. And so... Um, I, I was like, Lord, do it again. So I remember one day I just I went to Ashgrove and I just walked around. I just waited at the bench. It didn't work. <laughs> it's not what God has called us to. He's called us to pray. He's called us to be filled and then be open to whatever happens. And so sometimes I think we feel that we have a pressure on an outcome. You don't have a pressure from an outcome. You have an invitation to be filled. You have an invitation to be full and see where that takes you in your life and your circumstances. Sometimes we're afraid of what we can't control. And, yeah, that was a pretty weird story, right? So 120 people pray. They speak in this kind of babbling language. 
and then people hear it. But what happened on that day? 3,000 people came to know Jesus. What happened on that day? All around the world, Christians are meeting on Sundays. Something happened. Something genuine happened. And, and we're afraid because it doesn't, it's not predictable in the way that we like predictability as humans. But God's calling us to move past that and just say, just say I just want you to be filled. I just want you to be full of the Spirit. Some people think that those days have passed. The days of miracles have passed. The days of the moving of God has passed. And what we've got now is we've got the Bible. And uh, those things died. It's called the they died in the apostolic age when the apostles ceased. That's not the case. God is still moving. God is still working. Take the pressure off what we think we have to produce and start seeking the filling of the Spirit and where that's going to take us. It's going to heal you. It's going to restore you. It's going to change the way that you interact. You're going to enjoy your life more. Some people listening, some people here, there are parts of your life that you dread. And the presence and the life of the Spirit is a creative energy force. I'm going to invite the, uh, the team back up. Filled up to flow out. Filled up to flow out. That's God's plan and intention. Mm. So how do we do it? How do we do it? That verse, it says, everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The everyone there is everyone who wanted to be. I make a guarantee that if you set your mind, if you set your heart, if you set your intentions to say, I want to be filled with the Spirit, you will be filled with the Spirit. Will it happen instantly? For some of you, it will. Will it happen over time? For others, it will. And here's the picture that the Bible gives us when it talks about people waiting with expectancy, which is what those groups were doing for that nine days. It's the picture of a rope being held with tension. This is what it means to wait with expectancy. You have this belief, this faith, that God is going to fill you with His Spirit. Does it happen straight away? No, but you wait. You have that tension. You don't just go all, you know, soft. But you just, you have that tension. That's what it means to wait on God. To say, God, I want this. Where I am, where you want me, there's a gap. But in that gap, I'm going to believe. In that gap, I'm going to hope. What's your expectation? What's your hope? Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? If you were filled with the Spirit before, do you want to be filled again? Because life is leaking and draining. You have the privilege of pouring into others. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? What's stopping you? Do you feel tired? Just rest in it. Just rest in it. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to say magical words you just need to open your heart and allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to do it let me give you two scriptures and then we're going to take a couple of minutes together to do this John 
7:38. This is Jesus speaking. He says, "Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart." What do you need to do? You need to believe in Jesus. You need to believe that he can. Jesus says Matthew 5 and 6, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness." So they will be filled. As soon as you start to hunger and thirst, as soon as you start to desire the things of the Spirit, there's a blessing on that and a promise that you will. I want to encourage you. I want to speak to your hearts. I want to get past your circumstance and the things that are going on right now in your brain that's saying, I can't, I'm too tired, I'm too busy, I don't know this, this is new. And I want to encourage you Jump in to the things of the Spirit. Jump in. Don't just be satisfied with doing life in the way that you've done it. But allow the presence of God to saturate your heart. Allow the life of God to do something from the inside out. This is a time of healing. This is a time of healing. If you've been burnt out, if you've been disillusioned, this is God's plan. This is Jesus' words that rivers of living water would flow from your life. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to stand and we're going to take just a couple of minutes. I'm going to teach you if you've never done this before how to do this or if you have done this before you'll you'll be loving this moment. But we're just going to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit into our hearts. That's it. And if you want in on this moment, you just say Come Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if you are young, it doesn't matter if you're old, it doesn't matter if you've made mistakes. But you're invited in. Why don't you stand to your feet? Here's what's going to happen. As we start to do this, your mind is going to fill with a whole bunch of different things. The things you got in your life, got going on in your life, your troubles, the things that you got next in your day. But in this moment, this is a special moment, a sacred moment of presenting ourselves and asking God to meet us. So why don't you just hold out your hands like you're receiving a gift? And if you want in, just say, "Come, Holy Spirit." Come Holy Spirit. So right now, just in your own words, whether that's just a whisper or say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? If you're new to this, just say, would you fill me, Holy Spirit? You, you speak to me if this is something that you've done before. Just say, would you fill me again, God, because I've been pouring out. I've been leaking a bit. Life is taking a toll. 
Lord, I pray just for a refreshing, refreshing of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. encourage you in a simple way just to do each and every day so this is part of most times most days that I pray I just take a moment just to receive I want to encourage you take these moments take these moments when you're feeling dry when you're feeling frustrated when you're starting to not be yourself. But more than that, each and every day to say, Holy Spirit, I want to do this day with you. I want to do this day in, the word we use is communion with you, in partnership with you. This is a secret to a life that overflows with goodness and beauty. A life that is not strained or stressed. But you learn to live and give from an overflow. You're giving what you have, not what you don't have. And so I want to encourage you this week, be reminded of that. This week, just if you don't have this as a regular habit, just take a moment. The picture that I get when I do it is basking in the winter sun. That's what's meaningful for me, but maybe there's something that the Holy Spirit speaks to that's meaningful for you. You don't need to force it. You don't need to prove anything. But you just need to experience it and we need to learn as a church and as a people to receive. Awesome. I hope you're encouraged. We're going to
the band's going to play for a couple of minutes. If you want prayer in this moment, you want more of the presence of the Holy Spirit, over here, there's going to be a couple of people that are going to pray. Other than that, we've got our teams uh, going to serve you some delicious uh, snacks and some drinks. We hope that you're blessed. We hope that your life is full of joy and peace. And God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.